Okay, recording. I'm escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. Space! Hello! Welcome! We're back. I'm back from my cruise. It happened. It was a cruise, I suppose. It wasn't a gay cruise. It was just a boat. We need to do that. We need to do a gay cruise. That'll be fun. Okay, so today we have a double dose of Dragula, Bagula, Bagula, Gagula, blah, 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 blah. It's a science fiction double feature, except one of the episodes is called that. Although I did realize they have previously called an episode science fiction double feature, they just added the word horror in the middle of it, and thought we wouldn't notice. Well, they also have Dungeons and Drag Queens too, so it's the sequel basically. It's just sequels. Yeah. Well, in this case, it's not actually the same challenge. No, well... This isn't the same challenge as the science fiction double feature. That was the alien challenge. Attention, human males. This is Disasterina. I come from the planet Rectus 9. Don't worry. Um, I'm an alien, but it's not an invasion. I'm here to extract uh, your ejaculate. Yeah, this is still sci-fi, essentially. It's just... I just, I think it's the same. I mean, it was the alien birth challenge, babe. Yeah, that one, they were all specifically aliens birthing, but that was still a space theme. I guess. But they weren't necessarily... The part of it was just giving birth, but not all of them were aliens. Like, alien aliens. Like, you had Bitch Pudding in her, like, funny waitress outfit, and then you had Vittoria being an actual fucking alien. Like, there was a difference. Yeah, and then... Abora was just a chicken. <laughs> yes, and then Abora was a chicken, yes. That's what I'm saying, so I don't think it was necessarily... I, I would say these are the same challenge, essentially, just minus the birth challenge. Yeah, okay. I guess. Sci-fi. It's sci-fi horror. Sci-fi. Whatever. Anyway, previously on Dragula, blah blah blah, winning, 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 we already went through it. Receive a $100,000 grand prize, courtesy of... Still no intro skits, and there will not be one in episode four either. I'm getting frustrated. It's so sad. Where are the intro skits? Where are the exterminations? I don't care about y'all dropping them through a hole. I want to see them be killed in funny and campy ways. I'm bored. We've said it before. We'll continue to say it. They keep taking from Drag Race. Even though these two episodes feel a little bit more like Dragula at times, there is a lot of production. Yeah, I mean, production is always involved somehow, but... Yeah, it's like four years ago, WoW Presents bit them, and now they're infected with the superstar. That's right. Everybody's in... Alright, yay, we're in whatever the fuck. Whoopee. Who do you think went home? Most people agree, Yovska. Even if Yovska's stuff was occasionally better, they think, eh, Kendra's got too good of a performer. Kendra's too entertaining. Yep, agreed. Abora is being an annoying bitch. What else is new? That will continue to be a motif throughout this episode. And the next episode, Abora actually does a 180. Just like, it's weird. Fun, fun, fun. Everybody is annoyed at everybody. They're getting stir crazy. But yes, blah, blah, blah. Who came back? Who came in? And then Kendra comes in in Yovska's hat. It's like, (laughs) I win. 
Everyone's happy to see Kendra back. And then someone steals it. I think it's Eva or Astrid. Astrid steals it. But then now yelling at them, being like, you know what? It feels like you talked behind my back. You know, I don't appreciate that. As Coco later says, most of these bitches are two-faced. At least one of them is pretty. But like, I mean, I can call a spade when I spade. See, it's like some things are good, some things are bad. In my opinion, Kendra's look this episode, which we'll get to, terrible. Street Hoochie, literally the sister of whoever came in in her entrance in the first episode. Yeah. It's her sister. Terrible. But the performance, great, grandmother bitch. I love it. I can never fault Kendra's probably being one of the top performers in just all of Dragula, but unfortunately that does not make up for the very lackluster outfits. Oh, another thing about Victoria. Victoria says, I've done a lot of witches, so I had to come up with something unique this time. Meanwhile, it looks pretty much like the witch from Resurrection, but okay. Exactly what I was about to say. This... How? This is a slightly new idea with the exact same witch. Girl. How do you do that? It's Victoria. Anyway, it's the boulets in our Tootsie Roll hair and same outfits, which I mentioned before. I was like, I wish they would do different outfits like RuPaul does in all of their video intros, but RuPaul probably isn't wearing full outfits like the boulets probably are. Just wearing a top and a sweatpants so they can just change into whatever, so it kind of sucks. But yeah, the boulets are probably wearing full outfits, so you can't just change that every time, but oh well. Welcome to Outer Space, bitches! This week we're shifting into hyperdrive and blasting off into Deep Space Nine on our... Should have said like Deep Space 69 or something, but... Missed opportunity. Missed opportunities. But to be fair, this was a horror challenge, not a sexy challenge. And rule one of a horror movie, don't go off and have sex. Tell that to Coco. Well, Coco Kane is the killer. No, Coco Kane is the sexy cyborg, but Coco Kane is the cyborg from Jason X, honestly. <laughs> Anyways... You must conceptualize, design, and create an original look inspired by science fiction horror and model your looks on the maid's stage for this week's floor show. As always, your look can be terrifying, campy, modern, or retrofuturistic, but we want to see your brand and who you are as a drag artist reflected in your final look. Now, let's talk about this week's Frank Fiend. We can't send you down to space without making sure you handle the physical demands of space travel. So we'll be testing your toughness in our Graviton Vomitorium Training Simulation, which, again, doesn't feel like, I don't know, I guess it's a fright feat, but whatever. It just it just feels more like, it's like the electric shock challenge they did at that one episode with the four of them. Like, it just feels something they would throw four of them into a Vomitron and be like, go nuts. Like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel, I want, I just want some good fucking extermination to level fright feats. Like, come on. Where is the drowning in water? Get to I the know. drowning in water. I bet they're saving it for later so that they just don't have to pay for as many people to individually watch every competitor. I guess. Anyway, in order to proceed to this week's challenge, all you have to do is endure the simulation for three minutes without getting sick. <laughs> now, go get your spacesuits on and get ready for the simulation. But remember, if your science fiction look proves to be more fact than fiction, we'll rip off your heads and feed your entrails to a sarlacc and drop what's left off into deep space 69. Yeah, see, she should have said 69, but whatever. Good luck, my little Martians, and may the best monster win. 
<laughs> I like doing. One of these days, Big Boulay is just going to find this podcast and try to kill me. I don't care. I think it'll be funny. You know, I don't know. Would Drac be the one to laugh? No, Swan Thula would laugh at Drac's expense. It would be very I funny. I think Drac would laugh. Well, yeah. <laughs> Who the hell was calling you? Was that Drac Morta? I think so. <laughs> That'd be funny as hell. The challenge itself is more comedic. They just get to spin now. The spinning lockers that they're in give me Matilda vibes. I don't know why. It just reminds me of the spinny moments in Matilda. But then they have Israel and Ken in alien masks as they put them in. It's so funny. It's just, I don't know. They're just spinning and spinning. Well, that's that's how they were going to do it. I was hoping that they would do something with like a gyroscope thingy or whatever, but no, it's just a spinny locker with flashing lights. I forgot about that. And then just contestant vomits. Now they're talking about uh, more drama of a three threesome. Menage a trois? Menage a trois? Except not menage a trois anymore because, oh my gosh. I just skip forward a little bit and I immediately see Eva making a very, very rude gesture about well, Astrid saying, we can lay next to each other on a couch. Like, okay, we all know what Netflix and chill is. Like, we all see you doing the lovey eyes. Do we have to go over their relationship drama? It just continues to be a drag without the filth, horror, or glamour. Do you have any words? I'm just tired of the drama. Just, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. After two episodes, it is already boring. Well, it's not just already boring. More annoying. That's what I'm trying to go for. It is annoying. I think a bore in the end finally decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna distance myself from this. And it is a thing multiple other people, including Eva, have to bring up. It seems that when Abora closes off and starts building up walls, that's when they get more abrasive because they're not letting anyone in trying to, like, protect the walls. So it becomes a problem whenever they interact with anyone. And we see that later in the cauldron and when they're going over their costumes and stuff and just continuously. Though it seems, at least in the edit, that Hoso and Astrid aren't doing as much lovey-dovey stuff. Certainly interesting, though. There is a thing or two in the cauldron that still makes Abora... I don't even want to say fume, just look dead inside. Like I said, putting up those walls. But it's like the same bullet points every fucking time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is honestly how I know that it seems somewhat legit. Because that's the sort of thing you have to continuously go through. And it seems that Abora is still learning to go through life day by building day. Building walls, building this, building that, like, oh my god. Okay, let's move on to Kendra not wanting to deal with this shit, going with Melissa and eventually Coco into the boudoir, which I do think is interesting, of just, like, the interesting idea of just, like, we can walk into the boudoir and have drinks whenever we want, like. Yeah, I mean, the untucked lounge is basically just the workroom, right? At this point, it didn't used to be, but from the earlier seasons, they actually had untucked lounges, but now it's just the 
you know, the workroom. But yes, now we talk about how I'm so tired. We must sit and talk about Astrid in the cauldron. And Melissa getting very emotional about how apparently their partner dumped them right before she was on Dragula, which is horrid. Yeah. Like, to say that that's her husband and be like, no, I never loved you. I never, like, what? Yeah, that was a wild left turn. Like, that was the week before coming there, husband just up and, like, that's insane. How can you say that? person you married, a person you say, just be like, you know what? I actually never loved you. I'm just leaving. Like, what? I feel so bad for Melissa. Like, that's awful. I could never imagine any, I would never do that to you. I mean, I want to be with you the rest of my life, but like, I could never imagine somebody doing that to somebody. Like, I know this is probably still like the Cliff Notes version, but overall, that is just some, even that as being that Cliff Notes version, that's still pretty fucked up. Insane. So I get it. Them having to watch all this stupid fucking relationship drama with something that they've had to been dealing and holding up inside themselves. Like, yeah, that's that's not fun. Potentially one side in nature of that relationship. Thus, like I can see some I don't want to say some parallels, but like the stringing along type situation there. But I definitely love Ulyssa and Kendra and Coco like such a great dream team like i love them anyway we must keep going because again we have two episodes to get through so we gotta do clip notes we won't go over the looks before the um the yes this show. the do 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 let's cut forward to the stage here the blues zap their ways in at first i thought they were bald until i realized oh no those wigs are just slicked the fuck back uh-huh very, very, very slicked back hair. High and tight. Tight. Da, da, da. It's very buggy, almost. Like a side of bug queen alien. Yeah, I get that. Their headpieces work really well for that. I actually quite like it. We'll see if they say that. I mean, I was right when I said the xenomorph thing, because they mentioned that on their Twitter when they were showing off the looks. They mentioned xenomorph, so I was right on that. Yeah. They have very, like pointy uh arm pieces and, um, and pointy head pieces and breast pieces. pointy everything basically and then these geometric necklaces that come off of amazon by the way yes yeah, somebody pointed that out because you know later in the episode they're like eva this is titans you should not be wearing a bodysuit that you can buy off of amazon meanwhile they're wearing amazon necklaces but i'm going to be their defender here they're not competing they're just hosts. They just need to find something to match the look. Also, a full outfit compared to an accessory necklace I don't think are equal. That's that's fair. So I'm going to be the Boulay Brothers Defenders, even though they still piss me off when they say things like, I want Monique shame in my Boulay Brothers round, whatever. I'll never forget that small Boulay from your stupid podcast. Oh boy. You, you made a mistake saying that. Any hoozle, let's meet our guest, Juges. First, we have an actor from Dark... I do think it's funny. They gotta be... He's not the star. You say he's a star of Batman, Suicide Squad, Dune, Ant-Man, Dark Knight. Don't say he's the star. Christian Bale was the star. Margot Robbie was the star. I don't know who the fuck he played in any of these films. He was not the star. He could have been a star in the films, but he was not the star. Like, you want to hype him up? Sure, but he was not. Anyway, David Dostmolchen. Any who's old. We also have returning guest judge, extraterrestrial recording artist, drag superstar, and actress, Alaska Thunderfook 5000. 
Honestly, the fact that she has she should have. I mean, I get it. She's coming in her funny and funny looks, but she should have come in that alien look from All Stars too, and just because this feels like something Alaska would do. Maybe she just doesn't care, but I could see her just coming in that alien look from All Stars two, and then not doing any critiques, just continuously saying, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. I could just see her as like Alaska. Do you have any critiques? Martian, Martian, Martian instead is what we get. Although, I will say, Alaska looks like an Alaska-fied version of what the Boulets are wearing, so... Pretty much, yeah. I guess they were on the same wavelength, or they had, like, a packing list. Anyway, let's move on to our looks. So we have who I thought was initially Hoso for a hot split second, only because this is how you know they'd be fucking. Astrid's doing that same exact pose that Hoso did in both of her promos. You have Astrid standing there in that specific pose, and I'm like, oh, so they really are fucking. So there's an interesting phenomenon socially with people. Whenever you spend a lot of time around someone, you start picking up their mannerisms and lingo. This is definitely one of those. Definitely. And I think in the next episode, we see Hoso picking up a little bit of Astrid's mannerisms. Anyway, first up we have Astrid, the many, 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 many eyed monster. And all the eyes are different colors. Ew. Well, they can't all be different colors because there's not that many color variants, but yes. And they also have laser hands. I think it's very good. I think it definitely works. It's uh, spiked out, very, um, like, alien, definitely. Almost something out of uh, maybe, like, a Pan's Labyrinth or just Guillermo del Toro type of sci-fi horror. Yeah, a little bit Lovecraft. Yeah, Lovecraftian, for sure. Colors out of space type eyes. Same with the hand. The hand is the most out of place, I feel like. It needed more slime. You always think it needs more slime. Next up, Coco Kane. Bad bitch, warriors, robot lady. She made this laser gun thing in like the. I'm assuming she made it in the time that she was in that workroom. Excuse me, boudoir. But it's very cool. It is the same sort of silhouettes we've been seeing, but I think it's definitely a lot different than her last two looks in that it feels much more elevated. There are a lot of extra details I like. I think that was my problem with both of the last two looks is. There was not enough details. It was too simple. But this look, I think, has a lot of extra details to it. The jewelry is great. It's all the same, like, metallic color because she's, like, a bionic bitch. Again, the light-up gun that she made is really fucking cool. Instead of a laser sight, it has, like, a mirror on it to make sure that you look good while you're blowing shit up. Exactly. She's like, let me check my makeup before I blast your head off. Okay, good. I look good. Like, I love it. Also, in terms of performance, like I said, sometimes you have to take, I have to forget that we do take performance in the runway. Her performance is, as they mentioned, the sexiest of the night and definitely taking sci-fi horror to a whole new level. And I love it. I love the hair. I love the makeup. I love the outfit. I like all the extra like jingly jangly bits. I think it all works with the outfit. I like everything about it. I just think this is a really good week for Coco. And I mean, we've already seen next week's, and you're going to hear it in just a minute. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I'm going to have to do two intros. Ooh, I can have two intros. Okay, next up, we have Erica Clash. I will say the face, the makeup, and prosthetic work looks fantastic. Wowie, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, horns are good. As well as I do like the dragons on her hands, like a Hydra-type thing, I believe is what they said they were going for. Galgadora? 
Dagadora. That thank you. I think something along those lines. I will say, unfortunately, it does look a little lackluster in the like pants and crotchy area. I forget what they say. It's like high waist, low crotch or something. Yeah, the arms aren't the best either. The wig is nice, and the hands are cool. Yeah, the w- I think the wig is nice. I think the hands are cool. The like I said, the face prosthetics and like looking like a dragony oh, yeah. type, oh, like yeah. that looks cool. Fantastic! Like I love that. But then the bodysuit is like the weakest link. Yeah, unfortunately, the bodysuit is very weak to me. It's just very unfortunate because I know Eric. I know they try their damnedest, and I really wish they would. I don't know. I just I want better for them because I really enjoy them. I want Dragula to be able to see their full potential. Mm-hmm. But, you know, overall, like, hits and misses, I guess. Like, there are great parts and there are not so great parts. So Very, yeah. very much that. And then, feeling a repeat of week one, Abora playing What the Fuck Am I? <laughs> so, Abora did explain this as being a chained-up seraphim, which, I guess in the sort of more cerebral sense, this is actually a bit of an alien. When you get to your biblically accurate aliens with the floating soaring rings, they come from the other planets. So they are aliens. Yeah. But just, not not traditionally. It just feels slightly not traditional sci-fi horror. If you can't understand what is immediately being presented in front of you, which I feel like was the main problem both in week one and now. Definitely, definitely. That's the problem here. Now, that's not saying it's not a bad look. Unlike week one, week one was just bad altogether. This is still cool to me. I like it. It's cool. But the problem is I just, until it was explained to me, I did not understand it. You want to know the awful thing? I feel like this would have worked in theory for a final horror look. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Play it up a little bit more. Beast Within. Play it up a little bit more, have like extra blood when biting off the head of the birdie, uh-huh. you know, other stuff. I think it could have worked for a horror, maybe like more like cuts and, I don't know, cuts and things here. Anyway, next we have, oh, Kendra, look, look, oh, Kendra, 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 The whole floor show scene and music take an entire stop for her to do her She shtick. has a performance. <laughs> Bitch, bitch, grandmother, bitch. Bitch, bitch, grandmother, bitch. I, I would like to <laughs> recite this from. What do you want? I'm out with the girls. I'm going to the Protozoa concert later. Grandmother, bitch said it was fine. It's her fucking money. You know she'll fucking mother! Like, I love this so much. Bitch, bitch, grandmother, bitch! I love that so much. That was so fun and camp, and it unfortunately still does not make up for this absolutely lackluster outfit. Like, my god. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Do, Girl. do you think the hair and makeup are good, too? I do think the hair and makeup are good. I like the okay. the paint job. It's like purpley face, like alien. Like, yeah, it can be an alien hooker, basically, but it just feels so... Or like alien valley girl is what I was thinking. Maybe, yeah. Alien hoochie coochie valley girl. I will say I think she must have stolen that hair from the boulets, but... <laughs> yeah, it's too green. I get, but even st- no, it. I think it still reads like something they might wear if they had a oh, certain it certainly like does. green dress. 
Anyway, uh, she also pops an egg out of her boussoir. Yeah, she was supposed to shove it up in there, uh, originally, supposedly. She was going to shove it back up there, but they said, no, 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 that's too much filth. Uh-huh. Which is, y'all make me weird with, like, what y'all's limits on. Out TV is their ultimate limiting factor, I think. <laughs> I just looked into it, and apparently, Dracula no longer is in association with Out TV. Who would have thought? I guess the move to Shudder was a move for everything, because Shudder is where it's being broadcast worldwide, in all territories, at least according to Wikipedia, and everything that I can find. I'm guessing Out TV is just a rebroadcast, basically, at this point, if it's still being broadcast on TV, and it's no longer a part of their production. So it must have been an AMC guideline that Kendra couldn't be doing the egg up the coochie thing. I was about to say it would even be a simulacrum, but I guess the idea is the visual, the concept, the premise is unacceptable. But she can shove it out? Okay. Anyways, back to your regularly recorded podcast. Wait, is she holding? Hold on. I'm trying to see her hand. Because I know she was like talking into a phone, but I think. I'm pretty sure that's a Switch Joy-Con. Look at her hand. It's a, I think it's a Switch Joy-Con. <laughs> I thought it was a cell phone, but it's not. That's really funny. <laughs> oh my gosh, wait a minute. <laughs> it's because it's so small you and You doubted blue. me? I c but exactly, like, you doubt me? I can tell that there I don't even have a Switch, and I was able to tell there was a Switch Joy-Con. That is... We, we love a crafty queen. <laughs> that's funny that's like improvisational cell phone i love that like i said i love the performance i love breath of life that she gives in her performances unfortunately it does not make up for this look which is basically just like i said if it's basically like she's the cyst alien sister to her entrance look person yeah okay so i want to say something really quick as you said it gives the breath of life she squeezed the egg out <laughs> And then, of As course, ate it, that, uh -huh. which is the perfect yes, way to summarize this look. Yes, it's a breath of life that is not great, but the performance is always on point, and I will continue to say grandmother bitch until the end of time. Love that. Yep. Next up, we have Hoso Teratoma, very, uh, I want to say like a cyborgy ninja robot-y person, like all, like, uh, oh god, what am I thinking of? Very the, the, pieced the metal, together. What's the? There's it like gives a me soma vibes. No, well, yes, but no. There's a, oh, there's a Japanese horror film about some guy who slowly becomes metal, and I can't remember what it's called. He like has metal pieces, and he slowly becomes more. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. I feel like I know what you're talking about, and yeah, that one's pretty fucked up. I've probably shown it to you on um like those like you know scary movie icebergs or whatever. Uh huh. But I really do like this. I like. I will say, I think they kind of made a sort of signature of, I don't know, just Hoso in general, that multiple faces. This is another one with multiple faces. But um, they have a sword that they're spinning around. Like I said, they got like mechanical parts on their head, mechanical parts, like they got a claw uh, arm. I think it's very interesting, and I do like it quite a lot. I, I think it's definitely in the top for me. For some reason, for me, I don't know if it's due to, like, prosthetics and face makeup. Like, Hoso is always, it's whether the makeup or just, like, they don't cover up their face as much so you can still see that 
It's Hoso. Uh-huh. I see Hoso, whereas, like, I think each of these episodes I've yet to see, I, which it almost makes me like Melissa a little better. Just, like, granted, they were wearing, like, a full-on prosthetic at this on this one. But, like, each episode that I've seen Melissa do something in, I haven't been able to pin down Melissa's signature compared yeah. to, like, from season one. Like, it's always been different each time. Like, episode one, I thought they were sharing needles. Episode two... What did they do for episode two? In episode two, Melissa was just With, old oh, makeup. Yeah. That's right. They were like the flower witch, but it still was different, I believe. And it just feels, whereas this, like, I can always see that makeup and be like, ah, yes, Hoso. Yeah. Which is like good for having a signature, but it's also sometimes I want to just like, I would like to see different. I would like to see switch ups. But I know sometimes the boulets aren't on that. They're like, no, nah, you need your signature so we can see you. I would like something different. Like maybe something where their face is still there, but like a di- like do a completely different makeup on your face, but then like have the signature Hoso look like either as like one of an extra face or like there's like a-, a chest thing below that you're able to like rip open and suddenly it's like, oh, look, there's this face. Like almost like, oh, actually that would be kind of interesting for, oh, now I have an idea for like somebody on Dragula to eventually do like soul sucking. You have a different face on than your normal like iconic face and then you can like rip open your chest or something and there's like uh, a mold or something of your normal like iconic face like trying to scream and get out Ooh, or something creepy i like that yeah kind of like um specifically from nightmare on elm street they did a lot of that where they would be like souls trying to like get out of freddy krueger and stuff like that that's usually my thought i think that would be really cool anyway talking too much we got to move on next up we have rosie the robot going insane aka ava destruction you can't tell me it doesn't give off rosie robot tin woman yeah something like, I feel like that had to have been the idea. When I first saw Ava, I actually thought, is this supposed to be a knight in armor? But then I remembered androids are supposed to be basically that. I mean, my first thought was immediately Tin Woman from The Wizard of Oz, who's just gone fucking insane. But yeah, which then made me think of Landon's horror from season three. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And there's a lot of blood on this one. So that actually kind of works. A lot of blood. But they are wearing a bodysuit, which people got on, which the boulets get on them for. But I'm not in the mood to deal with that. I think it still looks cool. Yeah, there's there's enough on top to make it its own. Like, it's like there are cool parts of it. The, like, blade arm, the light somehow coming through her mouth. I still don't know how the fuck they did that. Like, what? There's, like, a literal light in their mouth. Like, uh-huh. I don't know if it's, like, attached to her teeth or something, but, like, that's cool. That's my best guess. Attached to your teeth somehow, and then it's just sitting on the roof of the mouth. I guess, but that looks fucking cool. It is cool. It is a nice effect. Like, if I have bad things to say, I'll tell you. Like, my problem, I think, if I have a big problem with this, I feel like parts don't necessarily all fit together like if you look at the shoes compared to like the rest of the outfit like i think there's a clear disconnect a bit i think the shoes are what made me immediately think of tin woman those look like tin man tim woman shoes compared to the rest of the outfit which gives off more like dirty killy cyborg and also the boulets bring it up as well she's mopping the the floor here and she was Uh sweeping last episode Ava just wants to clean all of the Boulet's stages, it seems. <laughs> Which I do think is funny. Um, but yeah, it's it's overall fine. I think next up, uh, Melissa as Predator, but make it Yas Queen Slay. Predator, but make it fashion. Looking like completely glittered stones all over this Predator outfit. An actual Predator head looking cool, waving around a like weapon. Shiny metallic boots. Shiny metallic boots going into a dip, like gorgeous. Uh, I, I have yeah. no notes. 
I think it just works well. Like everything is stoned. It's that level of it's an extra camp. Like yeah, you could have just been a Xeno. Uh, I keep getting Xenomorph. You could have been a Predator, but you said no. Let's make it drag. Let's make it shine. Let's make her sparkle. Sparkle, and I like it quite a lot. It is not much else to say for it because it's literally like it's not like it's a lot of extra details, which isn't necessarily always a bad thing. Yeah, there was the note of the slime in the mouth, and that was good. You love some fucking slime. What is with you? Well, I like when they play with slime because slimy imagery is cool because space. Uh-huh, sure. Weird kinky. Anyway, let's move on to Victoria. I love this from the top. I have said it before. Yes, I'm sure they have their reasons, their trenches. For me personally, the top probably blows everybody else out of the water. Literally, as somebody says later in the episode, I think it's Abora. I could be wrong. Maybe it was Astrid. So whoever says basically, so we have to compete with Universal Studios here. It was Astrid. Astrid, yes. You know, which this is literally like Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights level shit. Yeah, there are fake arms. Big arms, extra arms. Literally, their stomach is out, but not really, obviously. But it's like, they're basically a, I don't even know, like alien mouth. They have mouth. like curved teeth. Curved teeth. They're like a giant monster. Their head is like lurched backwards. Like, it looks fucking awesome. And then they have the high-waisted pants. Bottom half is just high-waisted pants and boots. Yes, I get it. There has to be a reason because it's like supposed to be, I was a normal person and then this shit happened. And I'm just like... I get it. It's fucking awesome. But I would have just liked a little bit something. Maybe like... Make it more tattered. You, maybe you could even keep the boots. You could like keep the boots, keep the pants, but maybe have like a little tentacle sticking out of one of the legs or like giant spikes sticking out of one of the shoes or so. just something to make the bottom spikes not be completely... Legs, make the top right, half just, yeah. of the overalls or whatever coveralls. Just make them have been coveralls that you just tore apart. More tearing, more so... Just something that doesn't just basically leave the bottom as pants and boots and nothing else. Yeah. But yes, that doesn't take away that the top being fucking, like, holy shit. The top is just mouth belly. <laughs> Insane level of prosthetic work and, and, and Universal Studio Victoria Universal Studios Black. Yeah. Victoria really but, sells you know. the fact that that mouth that has protruded out of her torso has, like, made it so that she can't move her head up normally anymore. All right, let's move on. We have got to finish this damn episode. We still have a whole another episode. So uh, basically we have, uh, I forget, who is safe? Melissa and Erica are safe, which I think is interesting. Erica should feel proud of herself, but I know Erica's not happy because they are still not getting to crack safe, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Coco, great critiques, good for them, love her to death. Abora, like I said, what the fuck, but we don't know until later. Hoso, great critiques, fantastic critiques. Victoria, great critiques, fantastic critiques. Ava, not so great critiques. They seem to continually harp on the fact that it's a bodysuit. Like, I mean, you do what you do, boo, but fine. Then Kendra, I mean, same critiques that I basically said. Amazing performance, bitch, bitch, grandmother, bitch, said that to the end of time. But the outfit, girl, come on. But that outfit. Astrid, good critiques. We end up with Coco and Astrid High. And who's going to win? It's a tie! Hoso and Victoria both win this challenge! Whoa! It really is a double feature.
Uh, Ava is saved by the skin of her mop and broomsticks, it seems. And unfortunately, that lands Kendra and Abora in the bottom. We go back to the cauldron and... Oh, boy. Today, it's a monster meat grinder. Remember that name? I do think this is really funny. Astrid starting out on their fucking... Giving, no, because I have to stop for this. I would like to, again, Coco is still my favorite, even if the first two weeks' looks weren't fantastic. Personality-wise, every single week Coco brings it. Entertainment-wise, Coco brings it every single week, as well as Kendra. But the confessionals, Coco wins the confessionals every week, it seems. (laughs) Because we have this great moment. Ladies and gentlemen, this moment brought to you by Astrid. They then play the Star-Spangled Banner (laughs) while Astrid talks many camera cuts just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking endless all in the background the fucking star spangled banner is playing i would like to remind you the editors are so funny but yes and then at the end coco just thank you for tuning in again clap 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 like just I love Coco so much. Uh. It just ends. There's no way I could compete with Victoria. Like, come on. Which, I mean, fair. I can't compete with Universal Studios. Which, I just that is also a funny line. Um, and Abora is not happy. Uh, basically, everybody sort of gangs up slightly on Abora. And in a threatening word before she leaves, you all better hope I fall through that trap door. And Melissa is not feeling it. We will be back to that in 15 minutes. Like I said, Coco continuing to be the greatest part of all the confessionals. It's like, you know what? After what she just... It's like, what she just said, she better hope she's the one who falls through the trap doors. Like, ooh, I love Coco so much. Hmm. Anyway, your fates have been decided. They go up the stairs. <gasps> Kendra. Woo! Down she goes, unfortunately. I'm not saying I would have preferred to see a Borgo, but, you know, maybe I would have preferred to see a Borgo because, like, comparative to the two, Kendra gives great performances. Kendra is entertaining television compared to Abora. I want to see more of Kendra on my screens. It's fun. It's entertaining. She makes things fun and light and just funny. Yeah. Unfortunately, Abora has not been doing that for three fucking episodes, so... Meh. Anyhoozle. That's the end of that. It's time to transition. You will be hearing from us in five, four, three, two. I don't know. I was trying to think of like those magical wave effects that do like that and like transitions like. Okay, recording again! When Taco's soul leaves his body, he does a death drop. I got a fucking idea for you. Oh shit. Anywho's oh, we're back. It's time for more Dragula. Including our second return challenge, I think. These have all been return challenges. Have they? Yeah. No, yeah, which is. Well, no, wait. What was episode one? No, episode one wasn't. Not really. Yeah, it was. It was a redux of them doing the Halloween thing. And it was another small, fun lip sync thing where they were in groups or teams, like uh, episode two with the Beach Bash. Episode two of season four. Okay, I guess. Yeah. 
Well, some of these have got to not be... I know there's a zombie prom coming at some point. I don't think that's been done yet. Yeah. I think they've been going through a bunch of old favorites, spicing them up with different ideas, and kind of making fun. I guess. I was wondering whether or not they were going to do Rock Challenge Episode 4. I guess not. We'll see when it appears. If it does, I kind of hope they do a Rock Challenge. It's such a staple. It is the state. I To me, the Rock Challenge is their snatch game, but we'll see. Yeah. But at this point, I think they're usually supposed to do that around top eight, and I think we're now at top eight, no? Uh, this is episode four. They've had three people go. They're down to seven competitors. Usually they do it with teams of four. Yeah, so unless they do it at top six, they might not just do it this season, which is sad. Yeah. But maybe it's meant for the normal seasons and not all Titans or whatever. Anyway... Everybody is in agreement that Abora should probably be the one to go home. But there's also a lot of suspect that Kendra might be the one to go. Abora walks in and not a single person is happy, which is hilarious. There's not even I told you so's or anything. It's just, well, Abora is here. Like genuinely hilarious. Like nobody's happy to see me that I'm back. And he was just like, no, we're not. We're annoyed by you. Very. And they're embarrassed how by they reacted. I'm so sorry. And basically a bunch of fake apologies that, as Coco says, even Abora didn't believe her own apology. Like, shut up. You gotta prove yourself, but we'll get to that later. Anyway, red light, red light, let's get to our Tootsie Rolls. I'm going to call them Tootsie Rolls from now on whenever we do this intro, just because that hair for some reason, it does not remotely look like a Tootsie Roll, but that was just the first thing that came to my mind whenever I first saw it, and so I'm going to stick with Tootsie Rolls. Well, unless you can think of a better candy, I'm sticking with Tootsie Rolls. Push Pops. That does not look like a Push Pop! Eh, okay. I do not think that looks like a Push Pop. No. Well, okay, you know what it is? Because you're looking at the hair different than I am. You're looking at the hair as it's as sticking straight up like the hair can pop out. I'm looking at it as that hair is long ways, like a Tootsie Roll. Like, I feel like that hair goes back. Yeah. But you're looking at it as if it goes up like a lipstick tube or a push pop. I mean, it's like looking at a hot dog up from the bottom where, like, you see the bun where it just starts to open because there's a hot dog shoved in it. I guess, it. yeah. Okay, maybe I'll call them hot dogs. I don't know, but I like Tootsie Rolls. I think that's funny, just because that was the first thing that came to my mind. But I guess it kind of does... It does, now that I look at it, it almost does look like hot dogs in a bun. <laughs> that's... Yeah! But that's like a burned hot dog, like, goddamn. It's the charcoal that they eat. Oof, that's gotta suck. Anyway, let's do our intros. All right. <clears throat> uh, nose. Attention, all thrill-seeking orcs, goblins, elves, and gnomes. It's time to raise your swords, prepare your spells, and answer the call to adventure for this week's Dungeons and Drag Queens Level 2, the Underdark Challenge. It's interesting that they, I mean, I guess if it's Level 2, that means they'll probably use different levels if they ever bring it back yet again. Yeah. In this floor show, we're going to teleport your drag characters into a realm of sword and sorcery, and you must create a fantasy look inspired by wizards, barbarians, warlocks, and elves, but they don't have warlocks. No, they don't, which I think is funny. And then model your looks live on the location of the Renaissance Fair Village. Woo, Renaissance Fair Village, the same location as before. Specifically, we know it's that because they mention Melissa's from, uh, not Melissa, excuse me, Shit. What's her name? Madeline Hatter. Thank you. 
But they mention, like, that's the spot where Madeline had her breakdown. <laughs> it's so good. And then, of course, they play a clip. Are you fucking kidding me? Anyway. As a second part to your challenge, you will be split up into two teams and have to memorize and act out a live-action role-playing adventure in our Underdark Maze. Since you failed your saving throws, you will not be able to choose your own class or race for this adventure. Instead, as your dungeon masters, we will be rolling our own 20-sided die and will determine which race and class your characters will be. You must base your look on whatever fate chooses for you. Abora, Dark Elf Druid. Victoria, Elf Priestess. Coco, Elf Barbarian. Erica, Gnome Rogue. Astrid, Human Bard. And Astrid is just like fucking pissed at that for some reason. Eva, Human Paladin. Hoso, Dark Elf Ranger. Melissa, human barbarian. How exciting. Now before you begin smithing your armor and memorizing your incantations, there is still the detail of what you have to do for this week's fright feat. For this fright feat, you'll be engaging in a good old-fashioned tug-of-gore competition. You'll be split into two teams, which will end up being the teams that they're in for the challenge anyway, but we're not going to mention that. Taken to a special location and be placed on either side of a gigantic pit of gore. Basically, they took all the buckets from the first week's fucking challenge and poured it into a lake. Yep. <laughs> your teams will either be handed to the end of a rope, and your group must use their strength to pull the other group forward into the pit of gore. Whichever team pulls the other in will win the fright feat and the ability to choose which script their team will have to act out in the role playing segment. And believe us, these creeps were not created equal. Your dungeon masters have chosen teams based on what we felt would be most unfair and dramatic. <laughs> Which I love <laughs> because they didn't even have to show the teams yet. And as soon as they said that, I immediately was like, oh, Abora and Coco are on a team together. Uh-huh. And surprise, surprise, that team will win. That team will do amazing. Or at least a hell of a lot better than the other team. Now what are you waiting for? Fly, you fools, and make haste for the pit of gore. But remember, if you prove to be a noob and wipe your team, you'll be yanked, face-melted, and corpse-camped for all of eternity. Good luck, my little goblins. <laughs> Let's get to the gore. There's a lot of pulling. We have our four teams of... Four teams? Hos or four teams? Shut up. <laughs> Two teams of Hoso Titis. The titties are out. Uh, Hoso, Abora, Coco, and Ava. Ava. Her, I, I knew it would happen. Their face was behind Abora because I paused it at the wrong time. And all I saw was the the beanie. And I was like, oh, Astrid. Because tell me they don't wear the same exact. Look at Because the, then you turn to the other team. Tell me they don't wear the same exact beanie. Uh-huh. They do. They do. And then we have Astrid, Victoria, Erica, and Melissa. Basically, they pull each other into pits of gore. Uh, Abora gets fucked over pretty quickly, but they are surprising. The three of them are able to keep up a surprisingly decent fight, although they still eventually lose. But the three of them hold up surprisingly well even after Abora falls, so it's pretty impressive. Yeah. They still end up with the cursed script anyway, but it works out in their favor. Basically, the cursed script is regular, and the cursed script has like 
backwards speak and stuff, which we'll kind of get to when we get to the the actual recording and challenge. Stuff. Thank you. I had to think about English for a second. And then a quick note. It seems that Coco was previously wearing actual clothes, like actual pants, and then they must have gotten wrecked, and now they just have, like, a leotard that does not cover their balls. A leotard that does not cover things up because then they have a white sheet covering the front just to be like, oop, my ball popped out, oop, I gotta hide this, oh god, I gotta wear this white sheet in front of <laughs> which I think is so funny. It's very funny. The winning gore team takes the normal script, the uh, losing team gets the curse script. And then we get a 700-year explanation of Dungeons & Dragons from Astrid. Uh -huh. I'm not in the mood to deal with this. But you will be including, because as I mentioned already, there will be a clip to tell you how I felt during this entire explanation bit from <laughs> Astrid. I want to woo the bar staff so they give me a free drink, right? D&D &D is the originator. It is the, like, I just think it's such a wonderful way to bond with your friends. The hard thing about D&D. &D. So I've been in multiple D&D &D campaigns. It's really difficult to get people to commit to a campaign. It gives me everything that I want out of a social experience. Ten year long campaign. That's the dream. And that is why I love D&D. &D. <laughs> shut the fuck up! <laughs> and then... It seems that Ava really, really wanted to try and one-up Astrid's overbearing explanation of D&D with practical thespian experience. What's a thespian? Is that a lesbian thespian? <laughs> Is that a theater lesbian? I forget what. I've, theater <laughs> lesbian? That's what Hoso says. Hoso. That's a, that one's a, gr that's a great line from Hoso. And I thought it was funny. I saw Coco tweet that out uh, today earlier. She was like, lesbian is that a theater lesbian you silly bit like i love uh that's iconic i love hoso but yeah uh, i'm sorry melissa's face you can't see it but when you watch the episode if you do they just like melissa just looks so upset they're like i don't care help me they got their hands on their face looking like fucking kevin from home alone like ah! <laughs> help me i hate this help me melissa's so done <laughs> but basically they um do a bunch of acting and there are highlights specifically ava throwing a bowling ball to coco a fake bowling ball to coco and them catching it and their ball and then coco just falls in, over it's like let's tall Coco a bowling ball and then they fall and then up oh, my ball popped out <laughs> astrid hey girl your ball's out that bowling ball was heavy that was a lot my arm <laughs> I love Coco. And then <laughs> Astrid throws a baseball like super fast at mines a baseball, fast baseball at uh, Abora, and Abora just catches it with her hand like it was a superhero. You silly bitch. And then they all fucking literally, at one point, they're all just standing there twisting around, going like, ah, 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 ah. And I'm just like, oh, this is like a group of moms in their 40s doing yoga at this point. Like, <laughs> oh my god. Like, very ohm, ohm, ohm. Like, insane. But then also very funny. Again, I think uh, uh, Coco usually almost always and continues to win the confessionals, but Hoso had some great fucking one-liners this episode, specifically around this part. I think I now know the reason why theater gays are hated across the universe. <laughs> <laughs> we are insufferable. I love that. That's so funny. And then Astrid and Melissa almost kissing, just like, let's kiss. No. They're doing, like, different exercises. Fucking noging from... Erica and Victoria. <laughs> it gives so me life. So silly. So silly. 
Oh my god, okay, we gotta skip ahead, because we are doing way too much here. All this comedy was necessary to break up the flow, because then comes Abora and Melissa actually kind of having a heart-to-heart. Yes, Abora and Melissa having an actual good sit-down conversation, and a good heart-to-heart. Again, I don't I don't know if I've ever... Have we ever seen shit like this from normal Dragula seasons? I don't think so. Not since season two, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that when, like, Erica sat down Abora and whoever and made Abora them and fucking Bench. talk to each other. That's right. I forgot about that. It's been a while, but yeah. So they have a hash out, and luckily they all friendly, friendly smiles. Is it real? Who knows? We'll see, but, you know. It seems to have worked enough for this episode. We can hope. But also, Coco, fuck, making this shit. What the fuck? This is so impressive. They make this giant, giant fucking axe. Like, what? Out of random trash pieces and spiky skewers and stuff. Like, holy crap. And later it winds up stabbing Hoso beneath the eye. Yes, uh, Hoso accidentally gets injured, but that's a whole other thing later that, because Ava has a melting heat breakdown and, like, kind of loses their shit for a little bit, and Hoso complains, not complains, but is like, I got hit in the fucking eye and was bleeding, and I didn't complain about it, so, like, maybe, like, buck up, Ava. I get it from both sides, like, I also really don't like extreme heats and stuff like that, but also, like, you're here in this competition, maybe suck it up a little bit, Buttercup. Yeah. Because, like, if Hoso can go through that shit without complaining, you can go through that shit without complaining. But it's different for everyone. But again, like I said, Coco making this shit, like, their craftsmanship is so fascinating to me. Because I remember, like, because, like, it has so many different levels. They were able to craft that laser gun from last episode, this axe from this episode, which are amazing feats and gorgeous things. But then they were also crafting the kind of not-so-great witch outfit and not-so-great mummy outfit. So it's, like, so many different, like, levels of, like, craftability. Yeah. When it's outfits, maybe not so much. When it's things and accessories, hell yeah. Yeah, Coco does some pretty good accessory work. Hell, even the boots from the Witch Challenge. Even though they were kind of lackluster, there was still some stuff in them. Like, the bite taken out. That probably took the a while to The bite taken out other things, make. but still. Yeah, still cool. But anyway, let's move on. Making stuff, making stuff, making stuff. Okay, it's time for... The Boulet's Entrance. Yes, the Bula's entrance in something that I'm pretty sure they wore some point in season one. I paid a lot of money for this headdress. I might as well get my use out of it. I guess so, because it's definitely like a spidery, witchy headdress. I don't know. For some reason, it just gives me spidery vibes. I don't know how to little explain bit, that. A little bit. Anyway, our guest judges, Misha Osherovich. And we have star of Lock and Key, Tomorrow War and Chorus Folk, Mr. Eric Grays. Congratulations, yay, yay, yay. Let's meet our people! Because we've got to run through these episodes when we're doing shit like this. Alright, we have Erica Clash first up. I like the prop and the eye patch. I like the prop, which they made, uh, they took a pickaxe and they stoned it and added, like, bloody stones. I think the problem was, well, not problem, like, I don't know. I, I, I think they said they were too grumpy and, like, too, like, not... But it's like, you can't necessarily not be happy. You can be happy, but you don't... Like, I don't know. The paint isn't perfect, unfortunately. Like, they have blue paint, but you can see occasional splotches, like, especially around the back of the neck, other places. Around the ears is a little weird, but that's expected because of prosthetics. Yeah, but I still... I like it. I don't know. I like what Erica gives. Like, is it polished? No, not really. But, like, I like what Erica brings. Yeah. I will say, Erica's drag is much like the gems on this trench coat. 
just kind of glued on. I guess. At least it's sparkly. Yeah, it is sparkly, which for autistic sort of ADHD type, I'm like, ooh, sparkly. <laughs> and gays in general, they see anything sparkly, they're like, ooh. So I do, and I just like Erica as a person. For me, nothing has ever beat that baby metal look is still probably one of my favorite looks that I've ever seen. And it's still so silly that the Belays didn't get it. But that was just such a fun and good look from Erica. And I'm sad we have not really seen anything up to that level yet again. Okay, so we have Abora, Dark Elf Druid. I guess, yeah, it gives me druidy, witchy. This is definitely a druid, at least. They got shoe, um, shoe, shoe, shoe shoes? Jesus. Wood shoes. Uh Uh-huh. They have a stick later. They also stole the eye things from the boulets. Oh, yeah. And they got a lot of sticks attached to them. I guess the fact that Abora's kind of washed out and has, like, dark makeup markings and the painted teeth to make them look pointed. Which is how I think they've always done it, which I think is fascinating. Yep. But you get a zoom in so you can see the dark, like, painted out part. And the confusing part, the gnome hat, or at least the hat that I thought was kind of gnomish, where it's red plaid of sorts. Yeah. Stitched up plaid something. And it has, like, the drapey parts in front. Though the rest of it does give me druid vibes. So I guess I'll give it a pass. Next, we have Victoria Black. The Boulets loved it. I I thought it needed a robe. I thought it needed a cloak or a robe or something. I think, yeah, it definitely needs a robe. Because right now it's just, as Michelle Visage would say, it's a piece of fabric. Yeah, it's a couple pieces of fabric. It's It's got a poofy sleeve moment. Love a poofy sleeve. And some jewels. We got some jewelry. Uh-huh. A beautiful crown. I wouldn't say it's great, but it's fine. Yeah. Then next we have Astrid, who my first thought, probably because they put him on a ship, I did not immediately think bard. Although, as they explained, I immediately just thought pirate, but I guess you said a bard could be a pirate. But I feel like it reads more as pirate immediately than it does. If you looked at this immediately, because I think two are are distinct enough that you can't just say a bard is a pirate, a pirate is a bard. I think if you looked at this immediately, you could, but without looking at the loot and stuff, you would think pirate, not bard. I would not look at this and immediately think bard. I would think pirate. Yeah, so obviously there are a couple of difficulties. One, there is a dedicated swashbuckler subclass for the rogue. That makes it tricky. But two, there are a lot of pirate bards because there's not only a famous archetype of the sea shanty singer, but also pirates sing a lot of sea shanties. So it does kind of work. I guess. It comes together as a interesting, more personalized character, but it still has that tricky thing of how do you get across that you're a bard? Because bards are always molded by their environment. They tell some sort of story, but I don't know how that would come across. For me, I just wouldn't immediately say bard, so I'm going to move on from this. It's still cool. It gives me what's her name the that when they had to change the one of the main pirates to a lady in Pirates of the Caribbean the ride red or whatever her name is I think yeah that's what I think of anyway next up we have the human paladin I mean it gives it gives what it gives armor suit paladin I still think the hair is a bit funny yeah the hair is really like, that's, really that's, basic wig that's a wig ma that's a silly wig like that's frozen. I do think it's interesting how they don't do the clown thing anymore, but there's a bit, especially with those lips, but there's a bit when she uh, smiles at like 3303, 3304-esque. She's like smiling and I'm like, ah, 
I remember your promo from season three, Ava. I remember. <laughs> I remember that clown. You used to be that clown. Oh my gosh. They're still deep inside you, Ava. Good grief. Um, I will say the eyes are a little weird for the whole yeah. fact that they're a human specifically, but okay. I mean, it's not the same thing, but as a person who's played Dragon Age, uh, all the Dragon Age games, I could see that as maybe like a Grey Warden type and having some sort of... You could have been a human and still had some kind of curse put upon you or drunk in the span and just had some sort of magical curse put upon you or something. I like, guess. it still could be a human, but Or you just could be literally burned by magic cursed. because I noticed... That too. The seal that is on Ava's, like, colors, because... Knights tend to have a drape over thing where it's like two pieces of fabric bolted onto them to signify who they're allied to. And that's the colors of Mistra. That's or symbol of Mistra, which is the goddess of magic. So now we have our dark elf ranger ranger. I think Hoso looks very cool. Again, I think this is more of a, the white eyes are always there. Like, the white eye outline is always a part of there. But I think this is what I, I definitely mean in terms of, like, adding a bit more of a different face. Like, it still reads as Hoso, but has definitely a different feeling. And they also mentioned the fact that this is like, I love this top knot. And, and they're like, well, the last time I wore a top knot, I was in the bottom. So it's like, I'm glad you like this one. Yeah, it's the, it's a good top knot pony. Yeah, it's like, it's all blue, kind of like, they they've got... I was trying to think, like, armor. Armor's the word. What the fuck? I couldn't think of armor. Jesus. I was like, the word escaped me. Very light armor. But it's like, yeah, cool armor, some points. I think it looks... I think it looks cool. I think it's a good look. Very good look. Um, next up, we have my favorite, the winner, Coco Kane, bringing a lot of camp and silliness into this uh, floor show because they open the door, they block it out, they're like, I've got my giant axe, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then they walk into the door with their giant axe that they can't get out the door, <laughs> and they just fall over their axe with their big boobies. And I just, oh, I love Coco so much. I love all the little details, like the necklace and the earrings. The shoes are really cool. The hair is so fucking cool. Like, I love that hair. There's some leaves that are around to kind of help play with the elves and nature. There's also, <laughs> so when she goes to sit down at a table, there's some stuff in her way. Coco just makes to first swing the axe at like the skull on the table, but then just pushes it forward off. It's very playful and funny. Like, I can't be bothered. Just pushes it forward like, I can't deal with this. I cannot be bothered. Gotta throw this drink away. Like, it definitely feels like a, a type of bar elf barbarian. I don't know, I just really like it. It's, it's a good look. It's pretty cleverly constructed. Next up, Melissa, or last up I should say, Melissa B. Fierce. Um, the judges really like this, and I will say the floor show performance is great. The outfit, there are parts of this that just make me, like, the hair is cool, the makeup is cool, the sword is cool, the fur parts are cool. But that bra still looks like she had it back in season one when she did the wrestling challenge. That's all I could think of. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. The only part I like is the head, the performance, and the sword. Everything else can go. I don't even really think the fur gums together right. No, I disagree. I, I Well, I personally like the fur bit. I think it just needs to be pieced a little better, but that comes from how all the rest of it comes together. Like, it's just not shaped right for me. 
But yeah, they do like a whole jump in the pool or the water. They, I think their performance is fantastic. But like I said, they really like it. So um, we go through these performances. We do not have to go to these performances. All you need to know is they are funny. They are weird. And Team 2 does a hell of a lot better than Team 1. And I will say, like, individually, it really you can tell who did crappy and who didn't do crappy. I would say out of Team 1, Melissa and Astra did the best acting-wise. Mm-hmm. And Erica and especially Victoria did the worst acting-wise. Like, Victoria really dropped the ball. Oof. Victoria was the most forgetful and the most awkward. Though Erica was more stiff, she at least seemed to have gotten her lines. Yes. And then Team 2 is very good, I think. I would say Eva is definitely the worst in this group, but she still held her own. Mm-hmm. I would say Coco, for me... Again, like I said, I don't just kiss Coco's ass, even though I'm sure it'd be fun to do so. Coco acted. Like, for me, Coco is basically a trained actor, which, again, is so funny to me. Because, like, you have the trained lesbian thespian, Eva, but was the worst out of the four, in my opinion. And Coco just knocked it out of the part. For me, Coco just felt flawless in doing this acting for me. I loved it. Abora, I also think, did a really good job. Hoso definitely did a good job. But they, again, it also, they had to do backwards speak, which I thought was very fascinating. Yeah, word soup. But it was also, like, fun to watch, honestly. But yeah, for me, Coco stole the show. I loved it. It was very entertaining. And then, and then when Hoso pretended to die, it was just, ugh. Ooh, <laughs> It was perfect. And then it's like, sorry, girl. Just like okay, Coco being entertaining. But yeah, Ava had a bit of a panic attack and, like, heat attack. Hoso also mentions, like, they're like, look, I get it, shit happens, but I literally got hit in the head, I fucking bled, and I didn't continue. I kept going with the scene. They did multiple takes, apparently. But basically, so, Team 2 wins, congratulations, and the main winner of our thing is... Coco! Finally getting a challenge win! Although, again, why do they always do this to me? Because this shit is weird. We haven't had a prize of any sort since episode two. Like, make it make sense. Why either don't do any prizes at all or have a prize every fucking episode. Like, there's no prizes. Where are the prizes? I'm so confused. <sighs> don't tell me they're spending all that money on the guest judges. I guess. But any whoozle. So we have our bottoms. Um, Really, really, the bottoms are just Victoria and Erica because both Melissa and Astrid get good critiques. And Melissa specifically is basically like, honestly, if you weren't on a team, you'd be in the top. But that's got to be sucked ass to pull, basically be pulled down by your teammates. I feel like this cauldron is definitely a lot nicer and just a lot better than the last two that have been a bit more wild. Basically, unfortunately, Erica doesn't feel like they've done good enough and they, they're sad. And, you know, if they go, it's their time to go. And Victoria's sad. And it's like, if I go, it's my time to go. And everybody's sad. I would say there's probably one funny bit of Ava basically be like, some challenges aren't for everybody, Victoria. Look at Astrid. She's yet to win any. Like, damn. Oof. And Erica just wanting to do her best. And I get it. And it just sucks that they couldn't, because the Belays are basically like, you look like you're not having fun. You're too focused on the competition. But I also kind of get it. Like, 
if you if you decide to try and have fun and then you're not focused on the competition and then that's when you slip up because you were not focusing on the competition but there's got to be some sort of balance you know and i just feel bad like i said i just i like erica a lot honestly i like everybody i mean at least abora definitely redeemed themselves i still need more to be proven that they're not just going to go back to their same old ways but they definitely did a lot to improve themselves this episode mm-hmm. which i appreciate there were major steps up um, but a lot of people were happier. This whole episode was... This cauldron was definitely a lot nicer and more fun. I will say, the boulets are assholes. Because, ooh, small boulet, you little bitch. Because they, you know, they go up to the stairs and they say something. And it's like, Erica. And they don't drop her. They go, we've given your gnome something to be happy about. So you think it's like, oh my god. And she's smiling. Like, yay. Like, you see, she's not going to go. And then, down the hall. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so mean. And Victoria lives... And now we are down to six? Seven. Okay, seven. I can't count. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this absolute catastrophe of cacophony. Look, if you've come this far at this point, you know what you're getting yourself into, which we do appreciate that you like to listen to the wild mess that is us. So we love you. Love ya. This has been Guy Smith. That's me. Just kidding. I'm Andrew B. And that's... Guy Smith. No, you're supposed to say Andrew, Andrew you messed B. up the joke. Whatever. Or whatever. Too late. Until next time, unpleasant dreams. But nobody's perfect. Oh God. But seriously, nobody's perfect except probably me. <laughs> We do not own, claim ownership of, or desire for ownership of contained or referenced clips and gags. They are the property of their trademark and copyright holders. Proper support, listenership, and viewership of the things we reference is encouraged. Two Kids Dragcast is created by me, Guy Smith, and Andrew B. Voiced and recorded by Guy Smith and Andrew B. Editing by Guy Smith, community management by Andrew B. And art created by Guy Smith. You can find us and all our links in the description or on our website, twogaysdragcast.wordpress.com. We are an independent production. Above all else, sharing the podcast is the best way to support the show. Anyone who will listen to our show will do. Liking, reviewing, and commenting on the show will also help boost us in the fight for algorithmic relevancy. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. So they put the gnomes right next to each other on the floor show. Because Abora's next. Abora's not a gnome. This is why we needed to write these down. Wait, what? Abora's a dark elf druid. Wait, I thought Abora was a gnome! <laughs> no! I got gnomed!